is the 29th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. For those folks outside of New York, CUNY stands for City University of New York. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student, and if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. So I'm still sort of getting over COVID. You can hear it in my voice a little bit. It's been very frustrating that it just lingers and I can't seem to completely get better. I'm also very, very tired all the time. I don't think I have long COVID. I don't think I have very severe symptoms. I just can't get rid of this stupid thing. So um, my apologies if I'm difficult to understand at times. I just still have a lot of inflammation in my throat. But otherwise, I feel okay. It's going to be fine. Go vaccines. Okay, so this newsletter and podcast, if you're new to the Decoding Fox News world, is based on last week's coverage. So I take 15 hours and I condense it down and I also compare it to five hours of PBS NewsHour and I see sort of differences in how they cover things, what one network ignores, what one network puts their focus on. So there's a lot of media clips. I don't want to waste a lot of time. I will say this before we start. It started off as a very, very slow news week with Labor Day and it seemed like Fox was sort of scraping for something to put together. Then the Queen of England died and we were off to the races. So here we go. Fox News, the queen is dead. Let's worship the monarchy. A condensed overview of 15 hours of Fox News for the week ending September 11th, 2022. A typical Fox viewer might think that Queen Elizabeth II was not just the queen of England, but the monarch for all humanity. They could also believe that California's heat wave was caused by green energy policies gone wrong and that the solution for homelessness was just a large pair of bootstraps and a positive outlook on life. Anyone who consumed a lot of Fox News media last week may not realize that Steve Bannon, a top advisor for former President Donald J. Trump, had surrendered himself to authorities in New York State on fraud charges. They wouldn't know that Governor Gavin Newsom just passed a law in California that could help improve working conditions for more than half a million fast food workers, or that a Ukrainian nuclear power plant is still very much in jeopardy of a meltdown or leak due to Russian shell. So this past week was kind of odd because it started with a Monday holiday, and that's always a weird day on Fox News. They usually have shows where they'll just recycle clips, which is what Jesse Waters did. And then the five just had a bunch of silly games about back to school. There was no real news. Um, it, that's the, the whole show was just nonsense. So then they started into these stories about Gavin Newsom where they were really trying to like make something out of nothing. And uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, um, the representative from New York, they had a segment about her that was just ridiculous. So it seemed like they were kind of scrambling on a slow news week. And then the queen died unexpectedly. And Fox News has a tradition of being incredibly pro-monarch, which is surprising, you'd think. Like, why is an American conservative news channel rah-rah monarchy? I don't know. I guess they like authoritative governments. I don't really get it. But they were just, just heaping praise, just 
not just on the Queen, but on the British Empire and the whole nine yards. It was kind of out of control. A couple months ago, the Queen had like a, a jubilee, which is like a, a special party for her for being a monarch for so many decades. And Fox covered the entire thing. This morning, uh, there was only one hour of Fox and Friends, and then they were going to cut to footage of the Queen, like her coffin, like just moving from one place to another. Because we're going to get several days of ceremonies before we actually get to her actual funeral. And so Fox wants to show its viewers every single second of it as possible. And I, I don't get it, because... American kids in school, if you're not American listening to this, I know I have a lot of international listeners. We are completely brainwashed <laughs> from a very young age that kings and queens are bad and a freely elected government by the people is good. And the Revolutionary War is just crammed down our throats from a very, I mean, like from basically kindergarten on, they're like, the American Revolution is great and wonderful and democracy and kings are bad. So it's very strange to see this on American television. I'm going to cut this clip up because it's kind of long. So here we go. Good morning, everybody. Britain, Commonwealth nations, and the entire world remembering the incredible life and legacy of Queen Elizabeth II. That same year, the Queen made an historic visit to the Republic of Ireland, the first British monarch to do so in almost a century, a step towards healing a deep historical rift. Okay, I found that use of language very, um, almost comical. So he says, repairing a deep historical rift between Great Britain and Ireland. Let's translate that. It is 800 years of British oppression of Ireland. That's why the Irish don't care for the British, because... The uh, Great Britain, you know, held Ireland down for 800 years. And there was the potato famine and all kinds of atrocities. So uh, that's art. They're already sugarcoating it. So this next clip is Ansley Earnhardt from Fox and Friends. Mm, God Just sent his rainbow over the ark when uh, Noah had completed his task that God had given him. And he said, this is God's promise that I will never flood the earth again. So rainbows are symbolic and uh, tied to Christianity or tied to your faith. And so it was just so interesting that God sent two, two rainbows, a double rainbow over Buckingham Palace as the mourners were down there grieving for their queen. Now she can relax. No, she's with Jesus. She had a, a strong faith in the Lord. She and. Did. And now she's with her husband and her family and no camera, no press. That's right. Now she can be free. So Earnhardt is a proud Christian and that's great. She has every right to have whatever religious belief she wants. It's just a little strange to, to, to promote them on a news program. Um, I also can't imagine like Fox News being okay with like a Muslim doing this or a Hindu or maybe, I doubt it. Fox just basically knows their audience and they don't care because they figure, well, most of our audience is Christian and that's fine if Ansley goes on this little tangent. I found it a little crazy, but just because it's a news program, it seems odd to do that. I mean, to talk about that in church is one thing that's great. It's just a little odd on a news program. Her life was nothing short of incredible. How many Americans feel the impact of the Queen's death as well? I mean, she was not a queen in this country, but so many of us respected and idolized her for all of the reasons that you just mentioned. So that's Judge Pirro praising the Queen, not unexpected. Pirro does a show about American castles on Fox Nation, so that tracks. This is Stuart Varney, who is British, but what he says is a little off-putting. 
at least for an American. What is important for us to understand and take away from the value of monarchy? Well, it's a system that works, isn't it? Um, you can be a Republican and be in favor of no monarchy at all, but that maniacal system works. Now, I can get why Stuart Varney as a Brit would adore his queen. That's great. But this whole, like, the monarchy works? What? This is America. We're supposed to get a monarch now? Like, who is it going to be? Paris Hilton? Kim Kardashian? What are we going to do here? Like, sh just stop. Okay, and this, this next uh, is a series of clips that I cut up and rearranged a little bit. Jesse Waters whitewashing history about the British Empire. Unlike other empires in history who strictly ruled with an iron fist, the British strategy of indirect rule was more gentle. And where the British people themselves immigrated to, the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, these countries formed like a constellation of civilization. And most of Great Britain's wealth was not derived from colonial servitude. Maintaining that empire was a huge burden to the British taxpayer. But Great Britain was the single force behind the destruction of the international slave trade. Obviously, the leftists in the media won't tell you that. They'd rather tell you the Queen's crown was made by slaves. I could do a good two hours on that short clip to debunk it. I won't. Don't worry. But I will say this. I'm going to focus on the one quote he said that Great Britain was the single force behind the destruction of the international slave trade. That is Jesse Waters' opinion, and he's entitled to it. But let's look at actual dates to see how accurate that is. So the first European country to ban the African slave trade was Denmark, Norway in 1803. Vermont, then an independent republic after the American Revolution, banned slavery in 1777. This is from an article on Reuters that I found, Chronology Who Banned Slavery When?, 1811, Spain abolished slavery, although it continued in Cuba. 1813, Sweden. 1814, Netherlands. 1817, France banned slave trading, but the ban was not effective until 1826, and slavery still existed in their colonies. Um, the Haitian Revolution is probably the best example uh, of how slavery still existed, yet they were still fighting for that's a whole other, that's a whole other rabbit hole. They had the French Revolution talking about liberty and freedom. Meanwhile, they had slaves in Haiti. And then the slaves revolted and had their own revolution. Okay, so in 1823, Britain's anti-slavery society was formed. In 1833, Britain passes the Abolition of Slavery Act, ordering a gradual abolition of slavery in all British colonies. Plantation owners in the West Indies received 20 million pounds in compensation for their lost slaves. 1862, U.S. President Abraham Lincoln proclaims emancipation of slaves with the effect that they weren't really completely banned until 1865 because we had this thing called the Civil War. And uh, if you're not American, the Civil War, you probably know the history a little bit, was fought um, to abolish slavery in the United States. And conservatives and some far right would say it has nothing to do with slavery, but it they're just rewriting history they are uh, warping what actually happened. It's very clear the Civil War was fought because of slavery. Um, and I would go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody over that one. Um, we also lost about 620,000 people to get rid of slavery. I bring up the U.S. because there's a lot of overlap with the far right and Fox News. And a phrase that's commonly repeated in the far right is that the America didn't start slavery, but we ended it. No, we didn't. We were very slow to end it, actually, compared to other countries. 
and we had to fight a war to end it that cost over half a million people's lives. So to act as if we're any sort of paragon for anti-slavery is absolutely laughable. Um, England was a slightly different story, but again, they weren't the first. So that's just not accurate. So much like, I will give the queen this much, much like the US, the history of the UK is full of contradictions. So the UK's government's actions during World War II were absolutely heroic. The citizens of Great Britain were defiant towards Nazi aggression, despite re repeat Luftwaffe air raids. And I am, will be totally impressed by the resolve of the British people in World War II. They were valiant, they were brave, they were strong. It is amazing. They literally were the, the only country, pretty much, only major country fighting the Nazis at one point, besides the Soviet Union. And, but that was like two different battles in, in many ways. Um, but you can't just wash away all of the abuses of the British Empire because of World War II. You just can't do that. And the Queen, really, Queen Elizabeth II had nothing to do with any of this, and she has no political power. She was a figurehead. So this is tricky. You can't really blame her for any of this, but she does represent something larger than herself. She does represent this empire, this history. And I think like Irish people have every right to be irreverent about it. I think Indian people, Pakistan people also have every right to respond however they want. People in Africa and the various countries where uh, England controlled. I, I don't believe anybody should be put on a pedestal or worshiped. I found the Fox coverage absolutely stomach churning. Um, I really had a problem with it. Uh, it was just so just rah-rah monarchy and colonialism was never really that big of a problem. And it just, it was just really, really gross. So the next clip is even worse. <laughs> they had, uh, Jesse Waters had Stephen Miller on as a guest and you can imagine how well this segment went. I'm going to just play it and let you hear how gross this was. And I really had a problem with this as well because I get why people like the queen. I don't think she was a bad person uh, from what I can tell. And, you know, honestly, she lived, at, she was incredibly lucky. She lived in 96. She never had any health problems. Her husband lived almost as long as she did. She had four healthy children. She had grandchildren who were healthy. She has healthy great-grandchildren. Um, she had dogs that loved her and she loved her dogs. This is a very fortunate woman, incredibly fortunate woman even with all the things she went through. I mean, most people do not get that lucky. So saying that, we're gonna also add, this is how Stephen Miller, of all people, spun this. Do you think these people hate the Queen so much? Well, I mean, a big part of it is that they're idiots, and so you can't just count that. The, the truth is that as you have laid out so brilliantly, the British Empire has been such a benevolent force for good in the world. And then its unraveling was a historic tragedy with empires like China, for example, filling that void. If you look all around the world today, what is the legacy of this empire? The rule of law, self-government, natural rights, property rights, an independent justice system, basically everything Joe Biden is trying to destroy right now is something that was wonderful that the British Empire had. And as you pointed out, yes, we rebelled against Britain, but to control our own destiny, to self-govern, using those natural rights, expanding the British system of common law into what we have today. 
So really, I think that a lot of this just has to do with the same old thing we've seen for years from the left, which is they hate Western civilization, they hate Western thought, they hate Western culture, they hate Western philosophy. They want some sort of Marxist hellhole to take its place. And that's, I think, what we're seeing right now. There's a lot to unpack with that clip. But the one thing that is very clear that he's promoting in that is these terms Western culture, Western philosophy, Western civilization. Those are, it's a very coded language that is used very much in the far right. This idea of Western equaling European, equaling white, Caucasian. So he's promoting the idea, and you can hear it in his voice, you can hear it in the tone, that Western culture is superior, Western culture is, is preferred over other cultures. He also says that somehow the fall of the British Empire was a tragedy, and then, and bizarrely, makes this huge leap that somehow China's rise has to do with the vacuum left over from the fall of the British Empire. I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, there was Hong Kong, sure, but Hong Kong was given back to China a while ago because that's what they agreed upon. But what are you talking about? China has always had uh, a long history of, of large kingdoms and a lot of land and territory. So I don't really understand what you're talking about. And China is instituted free market reforms in 1978, which is, has a lot to do with why China has risen in some ways. So I, I don't know how you're connecting that to the British Empire. That makes no sense. Also, and I want to say again, I have nothing but admiration for the British people and how they responded to the Nazis in World War II. It was admirable. It was a wonderful thing that they fought so strongly and they showed no fear as they were being bombed. But I credit the British people with that more than the British government or the Queen. So I'll... Totally, 100% give them that. You know, they were they were absolute superstars in World War II. At the same time, though, you cannot just glaze right over all the abuses of the British Empire. You've got the partition where India, Pakistan were made into two countries and some moron who didn't know what he was doing made the border. And that separated families, ethnic groups, religious groups, and that has led to increased conflict in that area that exists to this day. The two countries have nukes pointed at each other. Then you had the concentration camps that were formed in South Africa that were not death camps, but because of poor living conditions caused the death of 25,000 men, women, and children more than died in combat during that war. Then you also had the opium wars in China, which are horrific. I can't even begin to get into those where basically a warship showed up to China and said, you will buy our drugs that you're addicted to. Shut up. Basically what happened. And then the Iranian government, where the UK and the US together helped throw out a freely elected, uh, democratically elected prime minister, and we replaced him with the Shah of Iran, who had absolute power, was totally corrupt, and that eventually led to the uh, Iranian revolution, where they became a theocracy and elected a radical religious extremist. And it's part of the reason why Iran still has, to this day, terrible relations with the U.S. and the U.K. So, yeah, there's a lot of bad things that happened. And I think that it's perfectly okay to acknowledge that while also saying good things about the United Kingdom. And I think what was driving me crazy is that you just got a sense that, you know, the United, the United Kingdom was perfect, that the Queen was perfect, that she was this 
almost infallible leader who did nothing wrong. And she was a figurehead. She doesn't have any political power. I mean, just treat her like a, a nice old lady who was a figurehead then. What are we doing by like praising the British Empire on top of it? This is just, this is extremism. The fact that there's no nuance, there's no um, other side to any story. It's just praise, praise, praise. And it, it was very obvious, it was naked on display how much Fox News wants to push the idea of authoritative government, where the people just sit back and let their leaders take care of them and don't question and just worship like a jingoistic, praise your country, praise your leader. It was disgusting to sit through this. I was losing my mind last week, just screaming. Now, PBS handled it quite differently. They showed her more as a human being. They included more clips of her talking directly to her subjects, which actually made her much more likable. They included the fire in Windsor Castle. They included uh, the intruder who broke into Buckingham Palace and you know scared the heck out of her, but she was fine. They included uh, more detail, more nuance. They just made her into a human being. So PBS's coverage was like, okay, yeah, I get it. Fox coverage was like, just shoot me in the head. I am so sick of hearing this. We are a democracy. We do not have a king or a queen. Stop it. Just stop it. Okay, I'm getting all worked up. Woo! Okay, now this next clip is a great example. Total, we're transitioning. We're transitioning. We're moving forward. Is how Fox News could take a story about a heat wave and use it to bash green energy. Here you go. Day out in the West. And look at the potential record highs today. Over the next five days, another 108 records in jeopardy. Historic and heat wave. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so if you're living in California, unless you listen to the governor of California who's saying, you know what? We know it's record high uh, temperature wise, but maybe now is not the time to do that because we need to save electricity here in the Golden yeah. State. A stage three uh, energy emergency. Mm -hmm. So there you go, uh, warning that rotating outages were very possible. Uh, that state, not a stranger to the rolling blackout, it's about to happen. So as the state brags that in 2035 they're going to go all electric, don't plug in your car. Even only 1% of the state's population has an electric car. So they don't have any source of energy except solar panels and windmills in the perfect world. They got to refire up safe nuclear energy. They have to decide what they're going to do in terms of oil and gas. They have to begin to start doing the all above strategy because it's totally irresponsible and ideological to continue down the path they're doing. So you can see the pivot there where they talk about a heat wave and then somehow end up blaming green energy. Okay. Um, crazy. But very classic Fox News with that one. They never address, like, I don't know why there's a heat wave. Why do you think the temperatures keep rising? We're not going to address that. We're just going to blame green energy. All right. This next clip's very short, but it's a great example of just a blatant lie promoted on Fox News. I don't know how else to put this. This is Jesse Waters uh, making stuff up about the uh, loan forgiveness program. And then he started bribing liberals with law degrees, throwing around $10,000 checks. So yes, absolutely no one will be getting a check for loan forgiveness. The money is simply being taken off the debt, which is part of the reason why there's a lot of debate over how it might affect inflation, because it's not like money is being infused into the economy. It's just being taken off of debt. People will still be making loan payments, trust me. Okay, so this next one. I wanted to include this because it's very classic of how conservatives view the problem of homelessness and poverty in general. This is Jesse Waters addressing homeless men in a segment that he thought was just incredible. 
People actually praised him on his show for this after he said this. I cannot make that up. So I'm not going to waste my time telling these officials what they need to do anymore. We have to address the other half of the problem. So tonight, I'm going to talk directly to the homeless drug addicts and ex-cons. You're better than this. Pick yourself up and pay attention. Here's the plan of action. Get a motel room for an hour and take a shower. Then shave your face. Walk to the thrift shop, buy clean clothes, get some new shoes. Then you go to the barber shop and you get your haircut. You stare in that mirror during the haircut. Your face is clean, you smell clean, you got a new shirt. Look into your own eyes in the mirror. See the real you and say to yourself, this is who I am. Then you hop on a bus and get as far away from your sleazy crew as possible. Go back to your family, or if you can't, get outside of that city where there's not a dealer on every block and get yourself a job, any job, because a job gives you purpose. Take a broom, an apron, a lawnmower, I don't care. Do what you got to do. Work all day and then save money. Save 10% of your paycheck, put it away. And then drink a lot of water, do some push-ups, go for a walk, find a book, read, sleep all night and work all day. It's that simple. Listen to your conscience. You know what's right and what's wrong. Live in the moment. And every moment's an opportunity to make a decision. Who do you want to be? You want to be better. And that's how you get a fresh start. Your life will change if you do these things. And you don't have to thank me. Okay, that's a great example of uh, how a conservative might view a homeless person. So let's just go down the list. So Jesse Waters says, go get a hotel room for an hour. That's going to cost money. Go get a shave, also going to cost money. Haircut, money. Thrift store clothing, even though it's cheap, it's going to cost money. And when you got nothing, you know, even 20 bucks is a lot of money. Uh, get a job. Okay, how does one do that without an address or a phone number? Think about it. Difficult. Go back to your family. Not everyone has a family. Not everyone has a loving family. So that is just not going to happen. And then drink water, save 10%. Cute. Okay. The problem here is if you do not have a support system, like many homeless people don't have, it's very difficult to pull yourself up when you've hit that rock bottom. Also, anyone who's worked with homeless people or people who are this poor, you know, badly off knows that most of them uh, have are also dealing with mental health issues that are untreated or not being treated properly or addiction problems. A lot of them have both. And then the trifecta would be no family addiction and mental health. And some of these people were former foster children, which once they turn 18, they're just left to their own devices. And some of them end up on the street. Um, so yeah, some of them are veterans, all kinds of horrible ways people end up in this of a destitute situation. And I'm sorry, but a pep talk from a man who's being paid millions of dollars to spew nonsense on a propaganda network is not going to turn them around. I'm sorry, I hate to break that to you, Jesse Waters. But that was just, I did, I was shocked at how people reacted to that. People got very, very worked up. Uh, when I posted that clip on Twitter, people were very angry with him. Okay, so this next section um, is everybody's favorite. I don't always have an example of this every week. Uh, sometimes I have multiple examples. This week I have a good one. And this is, I'm going to do my one goofy voice uh, for the podcast, which is, oh my God, it's a bogus expert of the week. You know, like bogus, like fake, like phony. Like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, so I'm from the Midwest and that's me kind of making fun of myself a little bit. Okay, so the bogus expert of the week. This is a common trope on Fox News. I came up with it when I studied Fox News for my uh, capstone, aka thesis in grad school. 
I noticed they kept using fake experts. This guy's name is Bjorn Longborg. He's a Danish man who writes books and has a lot of charisma and is very opinionated. But guess what he doesn't have? That would be any education in climate science or economics, because he talks about economics too. No training in either. He writes books, though, about climate science. That's how, how this goes. His whole angle is there are fewer deaths now from climate disasters than there were like 100, 150 years ago. I don't know really what that matters. If your entire community gets washed out due to a flood, a hurricane, or burned to the ground due to a, a, a wildfire. I don't know if that really... I mean, yeah, you're alive. Does that mean that we're, we don't have a problem? I, I think we, we have a problem. So that's his whole thing. And I found an article that said 85% of the world's population has been negatively affected by climate change, which would kind of put a damper on his stupid arguments. Also, if you look at child mortality rates and mortality rates in general, comparing anything now to 100 years ago doesn't really make any sense because we've had so many advancements in technology and medicine that people just are, we live a lot longer, we have much healthier lives. Okay, so next up is stories that Fox News thought were newsworthy that were not newsworthy. This is a Fox favorite. AOC got a magazine cover. Watch out. Right ahead, AOC gets a new fawning cover story. The squad taking over the Democratic Party and taking over men's magazine covers. The right wing's night terror in the flesh. So this is, this is she seems sad, like she's going yeah. through something. Was, she, was this a cry for help? Mm, I think she whines a lot. Then she says so many people hate women. No, they don't hate women. They hate stupid women. Hence that cover. And while you will never see an extreme MAGA candidate on a magazine. Because today AOC splashed onto the cover of GQ. No, AOC, I don't want to date you. I'm just making an observation that everybody wants to date her. Cortez is getting a lot of attention for the controversial comments she made during her cover story interview with GQ magazine. Is this a cry for help? Okay, I will admit that I did like the line, right wing night terror in the flesh, because that's just funny. Um, I think it was meant to be funny, but just the whole idea that she's like that scary to them. So they are obsessed with AOC. She's one congresswoman, not even a senator, in a governing body of 435 people. Personally, I think she gets way too much press, and I don't think it serves her, because it's hard to live with that much scrutiny, and people just reporting on literally everything you do. I don't think it's great. Um, people love her. People hate her. Fox News is obsessed with her. They bring her up out of nowhere. They bring her up in stories that she has nothing to do with. They just constantly refer back to AOC. It's creepy. Every single week that I've uh, surveyed Fox News, they include her somewhere. It's just nutty. It's crazy. And that was a great example of it. So next category is stories Fox News ignored. So each week I compare 15 hours of Fox News programming to five hours of PBS. The following list are stories that were covered on PBS that Fox News ignored. Now, this is a long one, and the first one was very surprising, but they didn't, they didn't actually report on it. They mentioned her, but they didn't actually have a story on her. Liz Truss was elected as the new UK Prime Minister. Kind of a big deal. Kenyan Supreme Court upholds the outcome of the presidential election in Kenya. It was contested. There was no fraud found, but that has finally been resolved. Uh, voters rejected a new, more progressive constitution in Chile. You'd think Fox would be on that. They weren't. Voters, re uh, the Israeli army said that there was a high probability that Palestinian journalist Shireen Abdu-Akla was killed by an Israeli soldier. This story has gone on. There have been different updates to it. It's a very tragic thing that happened. Fox News has completely ignored it. 
Uh, Media Matters did an entire article about how much Fox has ignored the story. Fox, in general, and I say this every time they do it, ignores Israel-Palestine. They just completely ignore it. Doesn't even exist. They don't really pick a side, but they just act like nothing's happening there, which is crazy. Okay, next, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a law that granted new protections for more than half a million fast food workers in California. This was a big deal. Didn't mention it. Next up, former New Orleans Mayor Moon Landrew died. PBS had a lovely segment on him. The war in Ukraine. Fox completely ignores it all the time. Ukraine has gained territory that was lost to Russia. That's a big, big deal. Then there's the nuclear power plant that's still in jeopardy due to Russian shelling. That's been going on for a few weeks. Fox ignores it. There's a typhoon that struck South Korea. New booster vaccines are now available for COVID-19. A judge in New Mexico disqualified a county commissioner, uh, Coy Griffin, from holding office due to his involvement with the riot on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Fox did not report on it. You'd think they would. Children in Uvalde, Texas, returned to school after the mass shooting at Robb Elementary. Robb Elementary will not reopen. Steve Bannon surrendered to authorities in New York on fraud charges. North Korea leader vowed to never give up his nuclear weapons. The U.N. Secretary General, Aton... Antonio Guterres vowed to financially support Pakistan due to massive flooding caused by climate change. Major League Baseball pauses, passes major changes for the 2023 season for the sport of baseball. This one was odd because Fox just seems to have gratuitous short little segments about baseball. So I'm not sure why they didn't mention that. Disabled voters sued the state of Wisconsin because the state of Wisconsin had a bunch of laws that made it almost impossible for a disabled person who can't uh, be ambulatory easily to vote. And so basically they sued and they won, go disabled voters. So now they'll be able to have assistance in getting their ballot to a ballot box and such and things like that. Also, I triple checked on this one. Teachers in Seattle threatened to strike. Fox did not mention it. Now we have the graphs that are visual, not audio. So I'll just say, look at the... Um, Newsletter, if you want to check them out, the two top, the networks both had the same top topic, which was Queen Elizabeth's death, which makes sense. And then Fox is almost embarrassing from last week because uh, number four for them was Jesse Waters' clip show, which we just recycling clips. And number five was back to school special. That's the top five topics. It was just embarrassingly bad. Um, PBS, again, had much better coverage of the Queen. And then I also do a great thing called My Favorite. And I thought I was the only one that liked this, but then people ask about this one, which just kills me. I'm like, really? People ask about words. They want me to include stuff on this one. So this is words used on Fox News for the week ending 9-11-2022. And that's just words that come up a lot. AOC, 23 times. Hunter Biden, 21 times mentioned. Beloved, that's in regards to the Queen, 11 times. Gavin Newsom, who's now this new target for Fox News, 11 times. Ukraine was only mentioned six times. Uh, Green Energy, twice. And Meghan Markle, we have to beat up on her, don't we? Three times. Fox just loves to beat up on her. So that is the newsletter. I'm still exhausted. I still have a touch of COVID. I'm struggling to talk. I keep drinking water to get through this. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, next week, I'm going to be covering my usual plus my favorite, and I put that in quotes, Tucker Carlson tonight. I hate that man. And <laughs> I should have the second installment of my series on how Fox News is spinning the Hillary Clinton email scandal to deflect from Trump's theft of classified documents. That should be sometime this week. It's like halfway finished. 
I just got to clean up my media files and figure out where to stick them. And thank you so much for listening. I have a Patreon if you want to support the podcast. This is a shoestring budget operation over here. Uh, this is also based on a grant, which will run out. So I don't know what the future of Decoding Fox News is when that grant runs out, which will be in February. Um, thank you so much. Uh, please tell your friends. Please keep listening. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. <laughs>